Welcome to Motley Fool Money. I'm Chris Allen. I'm joined by Motley Fool Senior Analyst Seth Jason, James Early, and Shannon Zimmerman. Guys, welcome. Good to be with happy, you, Chris. Happy what? what Thursday. Day is it? Well, you know, yeah, Thursday. we're taping this on Thursday because we got the holiday weekend, and and our producer Matt Greer wants to get out of town. Actually, we we decided that nothing useful will happen tomorrow. <laughs> You can all quit work and, and go home. And, and the fact that Mac wants to get out of town has nothing to do with the holiday, by the way. Exactly. Fingers crossed. All right. On today's show, Disney loads up on superheroes, eBay unloads Skype, and as always, we'll share three stock ideas. But we begin with this big macro question. Is commercial real estate the next big shoe to drop? Earlier this week, the Wall Street Journal reported that the commercial mortgage-backed security sector had a delinquency rate in July of 3.14%, which doesn't sound all that high until you consider it is more than six times higher than it was a year ago. James, how bad is this in general, and how bad is this for investors? Well, first of all, let me say this. If, if you are a regular listener to Motley Fool Money, you would have been warned about this as early as last week. Um, we have been ta- actually <laughs> oh, no, no, for, for many Before months. Then. For many then. months, we've been talking about this. This is like our twenty seventh warning on this. It, it is big, but but let me give you a little bit more perspective. Hang on, hang on. Before so so we predicted it often enough. It finally happened. It finally <laughs> yeah. We got to be careful of, of what we say here. Um, Wall Street Journal says there's 6.7 trillion total commercial real estate. 1.7 trillion of that is in bank loans, which most of which are not mark to market and about 700 billion in the commercial mortgage-backed securities. So, you know, in terms of, of the securities itself, it, it is smaller than subprime, you know, but it's still certainly big enough to be a concern and I think it's just getting started. My worry is less the big banks. I mean, they are exposed to these commercial uh, securities, which can't be easily modified, and that's a challenge there. Um, but mostly the local and regional banks, those mm-hmm. are the ones that are really exposed to real estate, particularly as a percent of their assets, and they don't have any incentive to mark down these loans. They're held typically at, at face value, you know, until maybe the loan gets totally redesigned. But, but that's going to be the big shoe to drop. Well, will it, something force their hand uh, eventually for the write-downs to occur? I, the FDIC, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Things just get bad enough. I mean, Sheila. It, when it just gets so obvious. I mean, you know, in, 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 in REITs, I should add, or another thing that I'm, I'm staying away from, you know, the, anything from the office to of the commercial property. Although I will say that, that uh, my wife dragged me to the outlets this past weekend, and I was hoping for, like, an empty parking lot, but we had to park in, like, satellite lot BZ152, you know, and walk <laughs> A mile and a quarter to get there. So, you know, it's still booming around here. Yeah. I think the takeaway here is that you probably need to stay away from those little banks you've been eyeballing. And I know I've been eyeballing them, trying to figure out if there aren't some bargains out there. And it is really, really probably next to impossible to figure out. And, and keep in mind, the government ain't, ain't <laughs> going to come and, and rescue these little banks. So if they have made bad loans, which many of them undoubtedly have, they stand a good chance of going under, and and they may get a visit from the FDIC, and their assets will go to somebody else, and shareholders will get bupkis. Is there is there a silver lining to this at all? So folks who are having to uh, uh, rent commercial space, are they getting bargain deals as a result of this? Some are, yeah. yeah. New York Times says that that building values are down by fifty to sixty five percent in in much of the nation, which is pretty serious. Yeah. Well, oddly enough, if you are if you are lucky enough to be involved with any retailers, uh, I'll drop a name like Guess, which which are expanding more slowly now, but doing pretty well. This is one I own. Uh, they are finding deals on space as Starbucks a result of as this, well. You know, mm-hmm. so there there is a silver lining. But if you're in the wrong place, watch out. Earlier in the week, Disney acquired Marvel in a stock and cash deal valued at four billion dollars. 
Disney now gets to add Iron Man, Spider-Man, Thor, and the Hulk to its stable of characters. Don't Disney. mention Thor in the same breath <laughs> as Spider-Man. It's a big movie coming out uh, next it's, year. It's a movie coming out. I'm not sure, <laughs> so sure about the size. Wait, 20... Notice is he it didn't next year or 2011? Uh, I don't know. It's well, coming out in a couple of years. I, know, I noticed you didn't series. mention Punisher or Elektra. Oh, you know what? As, as we've talked about on this show before, more than 5,000 characters Marvel has. Believe me, there, there, yeah. there are some obscure and ones. Very few of them worth a cent. Yes. Well, again, it, it, Disney's adding all of them uh, to their stable that includes Mickey, Minnie, Winnie the Pooh, and to its universe, the Disney universe, which includes Pixar, ESPN, ABC, and, of course, the theme parks. Uh, I'm a Marvel shareholder. How psyched should I be about this deal? I, I think you should be uh, pl- plenty psyched. I mean, it's a, a predictable deal in some respects. And there are some caveats, but I think it's a smart move on Disney's part, if for no other reason, but it gives them a, 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 a bigger footprint, and they have a very slender one right now, in the world of boys' entertainment preferences. You know, they sort of rule the roost when it comes to uh, Sleeping Beauty and Cinderella. Uh, <laughs> and not so much How many princess outfits at your house? Uh, uh, well, so we have about seven for the five-year-old, and the seven-month-old hasn't quite gotten there. Exactly. Uh, uh, You'll yeah. be adding some spice. Man, I, it, well, if I had a boy, I would. As that's long what, as Disney that's all keeps I'm saying. the Jonas uh, what, what Brothers, I, I don't care what else they do. <laughs> <laughs> so, so, be that as it may, uh, it, it, I think it is a smart move. It is a, of a piece with the acquisition of, of Pixar, but it's a bit dumbed down from there. You know, Pixar uh, makes these pretty smart films. Wally is the the classic example. Uh, smart both in terms of uh, what it's up to as sort of a political art film that passes as a as kitty uh, movie as well. But then also there was basically no dialogue, and so the international hurdle was a very low one to clear. Uh, this you know this is Marvel, and they do have uh, Spider Man, which is a top tier title, and they haven't fared fared as well with the Daredevils and the Hulks uh, of that universe. The X Men has uh, have also done well. I don't think Thor is going to rise to, to the level of Spider-Man, but, you know, stranger things have happened, you I know, suppose. There's been a lot of hand-wringing, uh, especially among Motley Fool Marvel owners who have had Marvel for a long time, and a lot of them have made a lot of money. David Gardner made a great call on this stock back when it was a, a real value back in the day, what, 2002 or something? It's 2002, up yeah. 14 times or something since then. So, I, But I actually think that shareholders like you, Chris, should be pretty happy. And and may just consider selling the stock. I think it was trading near the near the takeout price recently. And sometimes this happens. It is not a tragedy when somebody comes along and offers what looks like a fair price for this. If you're convinced Marvel was worth a hundred dollars a share current value, I don't I don't think so. So I don't think there's any reason to be upset about this. This kind of thing happens. Take your victory lap. Find another stock. It's yeah, a little. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say that our, our colleague uh, Rick Munara has a terrific article on Fool.com right now. Five reasons why Disney bought uh, Marvel. Folks should check it out. It's a, a nice, succinct uh, rundown of the, the things that we're talking about here. Yeah, I haven't seen the article, but but it is a little ironic what's become of, of Disney. What was once such a creative company now, I, I think I read that that uh, Steve Jobs and, and Marvel CEO will be the the two largest shareholders of, of Disney after after this is done. Um, it's just a distribution company, or not just a distribution company, but primarily at this yeah, point. Production and distribution. It has to import the creativity. You, you, you know, Shannon, you can bet against Thor all you want, but <laughs> Kenneth Branagh <laughs> is directing that thing. So, I mean. Uh, well, didn't he direct Frankenstein, or was he in uh, Mary Shelley's Frankenstein? Let me get that title correct. I, I, I think you're right about that. Are there any crossovers you guys are looking forward to? Because i got to say, the, the potential of like Thor showing up on Desperate Housewives now. <laughs> Punisher Little Mermaid. <laughs> Punisher Little Mermaid. I think I think Captain America is going to get his own talk radio show. I, I think you're right. I, I think, think he, may, yeah, he may, maybe already has one. We were talking before about uh, some of the bigger named uh, superheroes in the Marvel Universe, but as we said, 
more than 5,000. Here are just a few more because, you know, Disney has to take the bad with the good. So they're getting Spider-Man. They're getting Iron Man. They're also getting uh, Asbestos Lady, uh, <laughs> a gifted scientist who designed a flame-proof costume from Asbestos. <laughs> You've got to And be wielded me. a flamethrower and guns that fired Asbestos-lined bullets. This is one of the th- the, the characters they're counting <laughs> among the 5,000. That is such a crock. Why didn't they just come out, come clean and say, we got about two, three dozen decent characters? guess that doesn't I, I sound so, so an interesting s- character to me guys you're not you're not you're not betting on a movie about rocky the raccoon who has many of the same abilities as a normal raccoon uh such as a heightened sense of smell and sight uh he wears rocket skates that enable him to fly short distances and he can carry the weight of at least one other animal and, and th- he bears no relation to, to rocky of rocky bullwinkle fame no or rocky raccoon of the beatles catalog or cartman's uh raccoon based Hero, the name of which I will not speak on this show. Or Rocky Balboa? There are a lot of Rockies. Too many Rockies. Let's move on. eBay shareholders will not have Skype to kick around anymore. eBay announced it is selling a 65% stake in Skype to a group of private investors for $1.9 billion that would value Skype at around $2.75 billion, a bit less than eBay's initial purchase price eBay had originally hoped that buyers and sellers would use Skype as a communications channel, and that didn't actually <laughs> happen so much. Seth, you get the honors. I, I think if we go back to the archive, maybe Fool Video or a prior Fool pod, Fool podcast a few years ago, I may I may be on the record making one correct call saying this is just the dumbest deal I've ever seen. Nobody's <laughs> going to want to do this. The most incredible thing to me here is that Meg Whitman seemed to not understand one of the primary attractions of her own business, which is that you don't have to talk to people. You don't have to talk. (laughs) Exactly. You don't have to talk to knuckleheads. You can get a little bit of information about the product with email or something. Nobody wants to get on the phone and talk to the weirdo who's (laughs) going to sell them used bike jerseys that I might be interested in buying Yeah, for, for a buck. So this was, to me, the dumbest idea I ever heard of at the time. Uh, well, that's not probably true, but it didn't seem to make any sense. They paid way too much. They paid $2.6 billion up front. They had to pay like a $1.7 billion earnout, which people are all conveniently forgetting nowadays when they say, hey, they got the, the equivalent of $2.7 billion or whatever this, this equivalent is. That's about what they paid. No, nah, they paid another $1.7 billion. And remember, they didn't get all that money back. They have to hang on to a third of this. The, the final difficulty here is that the telephony like this over the internet is just going to be a commodity. And so I don't expect this to go anywhere for the long term. So I think they're stuck with a third of a loser. Uh, well, let me push back just a little bit on that, just for some uh, devil's advocacy. I mean, the, the, the folks who are uh, purchasing the, the two-thirds of the company aren't dummies. And eBay does uh, have a, th- you know, a third uh, of that company left over so they can participate in the upside if they actually manage it to mm-hmm. upside. Uh, what's, what are we missing that they, they are seeing, or are they missing uh, As point? you know, smart people with a lot of money make some dumb decisions. I think this may be one of those. All right. You're not going to also leap to the honor of Meg Whitman? Uh, no, <laughs> no. I, I, I think the rationale was wrong. Uh, the, the consequences yeah. of it may uh, turn out to be right. It's still a better price than I actually thought they would have gotten. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to give them I that. They, credit, they, yeah. they, did, they did a pretty good job of recouping part of what otherwise would have been just money flushed on the toilet. Okay, so exit question. In hindsight, of these three, which was the worst pairing? eBay and Skype? AOL Time Warner? or Paul McCartney and Heather Mills. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the no-brainer. It's got it's got to be uh, Paul McCartney and Heather I'm Mills. I'm going AOL time warning. Yeah. 
All right. Shorter <laughs> week next week because the market is closed on Monday. So, Shannon, give me one stock that is on your radar. Well, so uh, definitely on my radar and sort of pending how the healthcare uh, debacle, I mean debate, uh, pan- <laughs> pans out, uh, United Health looks like a very interesting company and insurer with a super attractive uh, profile valuation-wise right now. Uh, some uh, debt concerns, but uh, basically a company that's poised to, to do well if uh, wholesale reform fails. The ticker is UNH. Can I can I go there for a second? Sure. I don't know if this is is widely known. I haven't followed this ticker, but I do know they're laying people off at United Health. Whether that's good or bad for shareholders, I don't know. I do know they're laying people off. As as the conversation goes on, though, and it looks more and more like the public option is going to be taken off the table, which is going to remove pressure from uh, uh, private side health insurers. Uh, watch the insurance company's stocks uh, increase as they did yesterday, as that uh, conclusion seems to be almost foregone at this point. James. Chris, I've been looking at Kellogg's and General Mills a little bit. Um, these are both companies. You feeling hungry? <laughs> you know, I'm actually kind of a low carb guy, and I, I don't eat much grains these days. Uh, I, I feel better for it. I think um, these companies are doing very well. That they're raising their dividends. Um, they're not going anywhere high anytime soon. They're just very solid, very safe companies with strong returns. And if you've been to the cereal aisle, I mean, you know how expensive this stuff is, and it, it just keeps selling. You're not going to say anything bad about like Frosted Flakes or, <laughs> or Crunch, Captain Crunch. Yeah, are, are those your go-to's? In the morning, oh, they're definitely on the desert island list. Yeah, but they're, but they're frosted. When we were going up there, it was <laughs> the super sugar smacks, list. right? So yeah. now everything is honey. So it's frosted with honey. I'm, I'm sure. going to yeah, restrict my kid from sugar. eating any of this. <laughs> I think. You know what? Someday you're going to bring your kid in here for like you know, bring your kid to the Motley Fool Day, and he's going to go I'm, crazy. We're just going to be like, oh, here, come on to the studio, and just it's going to be Fruit Loops everywhere. Seth. Commercial real estate. We were just talking about it. I have remember remember my famous auto live. Should you buy? Should you sell? Mm. Shannon had this crazy idea <laughs> of a hold. Maybe <laughs> I have a similar situation on another hidden gems recommendation from the past called uh, LoopNet, which is uh, kind of a commercial real estate online brokerage service. People buy, sell. Do list they have companies. a telephony arm too? They should have a telephony <laughs> arm. Luckily, they avoided that particular trap, but they have not been able to avoid the abysmal state of the commercial real estate market. Now, they work by kind of getting fees on on volume of transactions, so they're, they're not tied so much exactly to prices or anything in commercial real estate, but of course, prices are going down because there aren't a lot of transactions going on. So this is a company that's cash rich. I think they've made some mistakes with what they've done with some of their cash. They did a recent uh, capital raise, which I really wonder about. They say they're looking for for looking to expand, maybe make some acquisitions. So it all depends if you're interested in this company and the ticker is LOOP. If you think it's a bargain based on all the cash and the cash flow they may make when and if commercial real estate comes back, or if you think it's a dead market, it's a stay away. Could be a hold, Shannon. Well, you know, it, we think that uh, thinking outside the box is overrated. So, you know, <laughs> the, the more we, the deeper inside the box, that's where uh, people yeah. aren't paying enough. I'm going to give you all three: buy, sell, and hold. <laughs> <laughs> nice. One of them will be right. <laughs> just pandering to the masses. Uh, exit question: In honor of Labor Day, what's the weirdest job you've ever had in your life? And and I am including summer jobs here. It could be weirdest or sort of most notable. Just going to throw it out there. Uh, my, my first job was as a uh, like a one guy does it all, uh, grill cashier, you know, cleaning up the tables guy at a place called Poor Richards at a mall in Memphis, Tennessee, where I was presided over by a man who was probably well into his 80s named <laughs> and uh, he was clearly being cheated on by his wife. And I would uh, give <laughs> a ride home each day, and uh, he would report the details of his. Uh, you know, so you weren't the guy. Sugar. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> wow. No, James. Ah, uh, you know, it's I've tough to follow of, that yeah, one. Yeah, I'll tell you right <laughs> yeah, now. it really is. Yeah, 
I, I really don't have anything as good. I mean, I've had jobs where I just basically paste one spreadsheet from one thing and send to somebody else, and then I, I rigged this thing to automate it and did like a week's worth of work in like five seconds. So I had to think of what else to do the rest of the time. But That wasn't while you were working here at the Motley Fool. No, 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 it was oh. not the Motley Fool. Let me clarify that. I, I had a job like that at Pillsbury, but they treated me very well as a result and asked me to create more uh, databases and spreadsheets. Weirdest job. I think I had in college one of those going door to door and begging for money for, you know, the environment, a canvassing job, which is the worst thing in the world, except that sometimes people, I, would, I had hippie neighborhoods in Minneapolis and St. Paul. And so people would say, ah, I don't have any money for you, little dude, but come on in back. We're lighting up a bong. Have a beer, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so... That, there were some interesting afternoons with I, that job. I would imagine there were. Steve, do you want to jump in here? Uh, wedding DJ. That was the, the low point, I think. Wow. <laughs> what, any weddings in particular stand out? Uh, inexpensive weddings. <laughs> did uh, you have, they were all very inexpensive. Did you have to grow a beard for that job? I did not. Okay. I did not. No. Hey, hey, Steve, have you ever heard that song, The Electric Slide? In fact, I have. <laughs> yes, I am. Is that is if you could banish one song, <laughs> Macarena from, from the way? Oh, Macarena, Macarena. Yeah, it's still yeah. no hesitation. On Although the he did grab for the trash can and wretch when you said. And we should slide. say that that in all of these podcasts, Steve is the the wind beneath our wings. Yes. <laughs> Thank Wimp you. beneath our wings? <laughs> what? They kind of sounded like that. But. All right. Seth Jason, James Hurley, Shannon Zimmerman. Guys, thanks for being here. Happy Good holidays. Thanks for listening to this edition of Motley Fool Money. As always, people on the program may have interest in the stocks they talk about. Don't buy or sell stocks based solely on what you hear. Do your own homework and make your own decisions. And remember, the conversation continues 24-7 at fool.com. I'm Chris Hill. We'll see you next time. I don't think I should mention name.